Welcome to a very special edition of the FPGA podcast, where we're going to be discussing the first ever FPGA Big 50 Products Guide. I'm Michael Barker, and with me is Big 50 Products Editor Martin Fisher. Hello. And Features Editor Nina Pullman. Hi. On today's podcast, we're going to be revealing the nation's favourite fruit and vegetables, asking whether the supermarket price war has gone too far, and picking out some key trends to watch. So kicking it off, Martin, why don't you tell us a bit about what the FPJ Big 50 products is? So the FPJ Big 50 products is the third edition in the FPJ Big 50 series. This issue ranks the biggest selling fruit and vegetable products over the last year by sales value. The, the data has been provided to us by grocery insight company Kantar World Panel. It's a fantastic issue, so many talking points, so much insights, and we hope it's going to be a real reference guide for the industry. I think it will. So, without further ado, don't keep us waiting any longer. What is the nation's favourite fruit or vegetable, Martin? Drum roll, please. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Number 10 is peppers, of sales value of 294 million. Number 9, new potatoes, with a sales value of 329.7 million. At eight is mushrooms with 390.7 million. At seven, we have easy peelers, 423.8 million. At six, strawberries, 505.1 million. At number five, old potatoes with 553.9 million. At number four, bananas, a surprise, surprise entry at number four, some might say, yep. 576.3 million. Getting to the top three, tomatoes at number three, 701.8 million. Number two is grapes, 763.7 million. And the number one in this year's FPJ Big 50 products is dessert apples with 846.1 million sales value. Wow, so apples are flying the flag. What kind of a year have they had? Very, very strong performance this year. Uh, Sales value up by 1.8%. Sales volumes up by 6%. I mean, pinpointing some things that have helped the category this year. It's been buoyed by a strong push from the industry body, English Apples and Pears. Really, really strong marketing push in multiple media channels, getting the message out there to consumers about English Apples. Solid support from the retailers as well, according to uh, EAP chairman Adrian Barlow. He said that that's made a tremendous difference to how dessert apples have performed this year because it's got to be viewed in the context of the season starting with the uh, Russian ban on imported produce which played havoc with the European market. So for English dessert apples to grow in that year is, is uh, quite fantastic really. Well, no major surprises in the top ten. I mean, one of the things that strikes me is the fact that uh, many of these products appeal to young and old. They appeal to kids. They, uh, they're easy to eat. They, uh, they're good snacks and you know, versatile products. Also, as part of this, uh, you've done a bit of an analysis of the market to, to look at what are the key trends, haven't you, Martin? What, what, yeah. what did you discover has been the, the major factors impacting on the market this year? I mean, there's just one thing mostly. I mean, that's deflation and the associated supermarket price war. I, I don't think there's a product in the Big 50 that hasn't been affected by this in some way. Um, it's driven value out of a number of categories. Potatoes chief among them, which, you know, I, I guess many people aren't surprised about. It's been a difficult 
few years, um, but potatoes aren't alone in suffering the effects of the supermarket price war either. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I've been looking specifically at brassicas, and there's some huge deflation going on there. I mean, broccoli's down 16% in value, cauliflower 3.6% down, cabbage is 8.9% down, and Brussels sprouts are 14.5% down. And... Uh, Particularly interestingly, I think, is that, that with the exception of broccoli, that hasn't driven volume growth. Broccoli growth is up 13.5%. So in that case, the price war has boosted uh, sales. But it hasn't had that effect in the other, in the other categories. And I think the feeling is that, that people aren't going to necessarily increase the overall volumes of brassicas they're buying. So instead, they've concentrated that on broccoli. And therefore, the benefits for the other, the other areas of brassicas haven't particularly been felt. Um, similar picture on a number of other crops, you know, looking at the uh, cucumbers, for example, 9.2% down in value. Uh, you know, in that case, at least it has boosted volume sales. But I know growers are extremely worried that, that will these price points ever return back to normal? And if they do, will cons- consumers suddenly start thinking of them as expensive? So there's, there's quite a lot of issues here to deal with, um, particularly with the, 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 the competition among the big four and the discounters as to how they prices get returned to sort of more normal levels that allow everyone, including the retailers as well as growers, to make a, to make a better margin. Let's look at some other crops. Nina, you, uh, you had a particular focus on root veg, and what were, what were the findings that you came out with there? So root veg, obviously another staple um, vegetable. Um, carrots in particular um, suffered quite a big value decline. Uh, they're down 13.2%. Parsnips slightly less so. They were down uh, 5.1%. And again, that is down to the price war, according to suppliers. Um, carrots in particular, you know, they're, they're one of the ones which the retailers have really focused on uh, as a point of competition between the discounters and the major retailers. Um, but it's not, not all bad. We had one supplier um, tell us that um, you know, the, the category can't really see any further deflation. This is on carrots. So, you know, although it's still uh, difficult conditions, it, it's unlikely to get any worse. Roger from the British Carrots Association, he, he sort of noted that over the past uh, two years or so, there's been a slight increase in carrot exports from the UK. So that's, that's interesting because, you know, your carrot suppliers are looking for anywhere where they can sort of, you know, improve their businesses and, and, and make more make more money in, in these difficult conditions and, and exports might be one area uh, for them to do that. Parsnips, not so much on the exports front, but there was some idea that, you know, parsnip suppliers, the move into the prepared market um, would be able to help them out in future and, and maybe try and, you know, reverse, reverse the declining value on that. Yeah, no doubt as well that if, uh, you know, uh, if they start to export more, that'll constrict supply and demand and mean that, well, market forces mean that uh, supermarkets have to pay more for their products um, if there's competition from abroad. But it's not all doom and gloom, is it, in terms of, uh, of, of value sales and so on? Um, Martin, the fruit sector seems to have done particularly well, or certain mm. elements of it. What, what, what have you seen in that area? Berries, in particular, have probably of all the categories, had the, the, the strongest year. Um, there's been sales, uh, value and volume growth across the boards, mostly because varietal work has paid off. It's produced uh, better quality, longer-lasting berries. The health message persists on the product as well. Um, it really resonates with the younger generation of consumers who like the fact that they have got this numerous health qualities attached to them, as well as being a very convenient product to, uh, to pick up and, and go with. 
And added to that as well, um, there have been a number of new convenience packs launched on berries this year, and those have definitely helped drive sales as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> berries looks to be the, the category to be in at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a star performer for a decade or more, and you, and you wonder whether that was going to tail off, but there's absolutely no su- suggestion that it's, it's running out of steam at all, and it, I think it continues to be a flagship category for other products in the fresh produce sector. Um, interestingly, we picked out some of the most uh, rapidly rising and rapidly declining uh, areas of fresh produce, and, and some of the old traditional varieties of uh, are seeing some tough times, but but as, as a sign of the more cosmopolitan marketplace, we're seeing uh, better sales of things like exotics, aren't we, Nina? Uh, yeah, definitely. So, so mango in particular, um, outstanding in the exotics category, really. It's seen phenomenal growth this year. Uh, value was up 21%. Volumes were up 26%. Um, so, you know, really strong, really strong growth in that category. And, and that's been driven by two things. Um, apparently, it's, it's down to better varieties. There's, there's premium varieties coming into the market and the consumer is becoming more knowledgeable about mango. So, you know, they're, they're able to select and, and pay more for the better varieties. And as well as that, you know, the, the drive into ready-to-eat sector for mango has really helped uh, boost the wider category. So it seems that, you know, the consumer starts off with a convenient... Um, the convenient ready-to-eat mango format and you know they like what they they like what they taste and they go back maybe for a whole head and and you know and the consequence of that is the whole mango category seems to be going really well and actually that move into prepared is is a key trend that we've noticed across quite a few other products obviously that this list was you know the whole head value but um the, the move into prepared does seem to be to be having a beneficial effect we also saw it on um well i also saw it on, on swede that, i mean that's not done so well in the last year but it's uh, mainly a, a static crop and you know there are there is more potential for, for a move into the prepared market you know in, in terms of mixed veg packs that type of thing winter veg selections and um, of course with the with the citrus orange orange sales have been declining but people are also saying that there's potential for um, a move into sort of the home cooking sector for, for cooking or juicing and um, so that might be a way to reignite the orange sector we haven't just been looking looking back at the past year. We've been looking at uh, key trends coming forward as well, and, and you know, areas that might see potential growth for the category and for for suppliers and supermarkets. Um, let's pick out one or two of those each. Uh, Martin, what, what what particularly caught your eye from a forward thinking perspective? I think we've seen um, the release of a lot of sweet eating type products over the last year and I definitely expect to see more this year um, and that's across the board as well. We've seen um, sweeter varieties of cabbage and cauliflower launched this year, um, berries as well, there's a real push on sweet eating blackberries at the moment and even things like grapes, um, a few retailers, some of the more premium end retailers are stocking uh, cotton candy type grapes appealing to uh, children I suppose, get, getting them uh, to eat more fruit and veg. I think it's, it's, it's interesting this comes at a point where retailers, are, well most of them are taking sweets and unhealthy products out from the tills as well. In the news recently this week has been the, um, the delisting of Ribena and Capri Sun. So at the same time, you know, there's an opportunity here for fruit and veg suppliers to satisfy, satisfy the nation's uh, sweet tooth cravings with um, 
with sweeter eating uh, fresh produce products. So, yeah, I expect to see a lot more sweet eating products over the coming year. Yeah, I've really uh, been eating a lot of red grapefruit recently. I remember when I was a kid, you'd go and you'd, you'd get one of these things and it was so bitter you could barely eat it. But now, so you'd end up heaping so much sugar on it that it pretty much negated any of the positive benefits. But these days, you don't need to put any of that on it. It's, uh, it's a really delightful uh, experience. And we're seeing the same thing in... Uh, you know, sweeter Brussels sprouts, for instance, yeah, and, and so on, that, that, that are making products that might not have appealed to a certain demographic, particularly uh, kids, uh, much more widespread appeal. Nina? It's clear that the variety, the varietal development across so many categories is really becoming key. I mean, you look at categories like avocado and, and mango, and, and why they're doing well is they're consistent, and consumers are able to go back, and they, they know they're going to get the same quality. Um, you know, everybody talks about consistency, but you know, it's not. You can tell the categories which are actually doing that because they're the ones with the increasing value. You know, it really, it really does seem to have an effect. Um, it's no longer enough to sort of have some varieties which are really good and some which are still not great because consumers are going to pick that up. And so, I think you know, in the future, that that's going to become you know more and more evident as everybody's already aware. I think that's such an important point as well because you know the amount of times you hear people say things like oh I had one of those once and it was horrible and that sticks with yeah, them exactly. and they'll yeah. never go back again so you know you've got to think that every time someone eats an avocado it's like the first time they're having it yeah. and you want them to come back that's right yep absolutely okay well there are myriad stories that have come out of this uh, big 50 products guide um, it takes quite a bit of reading and it's an absolutely fascinating uh, guide to what's taking place in the industry at retail this year um, and you can read all about it it should be arriving on your doormats on Friday so hopefully by the time you've heard this you've also got it in your hand to look through that's about all we've got time for today. So my thanks to Nina and Martin, and I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard, and we look forward to bringing you a further podcast in the very near future. Fruit Net Audio Edition.